Hello and welcome to The Life of Riley from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Next Thursday at Grauman's Chinese Theater here in Hollywood, the motion picture industry will award Oscars for the best screen performance of the year. And I hereby nominate William Bendix, who pays me each week. Oh, Ken, <laughs> you're awfully kind, but... But the way I figure it, Bing Crosby's going to win first prize, Charles Boyer second prize, but I do think that my acting should get horrible mention. <laughs> the American Meat Institute presents William Bendix in The Life of Riley. <laughs> the meat people of America. Providing a great food for a great nation. Five million farmers and ranchers raising fine meat animals. 600,000 men and women in more than 3,500 meatpacking plants. 400,000 meat retailers. All doing their level best in face of the enormous demands of war to put meat on your table. On behalf of all these, the American Meat Institute brings you The Life of Riley. Chester A. Riley, California war worker and man of many headaches, is headed for grief again. As usual, however, Riley has no idea the trouble is brewing. In fact, he is humming happily to himself as he nears home because today is payday. As Riley enters his home, his wife, Peg, greets him with a cheery word, a smiling face, and an outstretched hand. I can't give you anything but love, baby. Oh, hiya, Peg. How's my favorite wife this evening? Eh? Fine, dear. Where is it? Huh? Uh, where's what? You know what, you big handsome breadwinner. What do we always get on Saturdays? Pot roast. Hand it over, dear. <laughs> okay, Dumplin'. Here you are. One thing you've got to say for me, I part with my hard-earned dough very easy. Hello, Daddy, darling. Here's a kiss for my daddy. I need a new hat. Hello, Babs. Here's a kiss for my daughter. You can't have a new hat. <laughs> Daddy, Riley, this envelope's been opened. So what? Can't I even peek at my money before I kiss it goodbye? <laughs> but Daddy, Mother said I could ask for a new hat when you brought home your pay. Well, you asked for it, didn't you? Now, go on. Oh, gee. <laughs> Riley, where's the rest of your salary? This envelope's $20 short. Well, yeah. On my way home, I made a kind of an investment. Sort of. You, you spent $20? How will I pay the week's bills? Mrs. Riley, from now on, we pay bills the classy way. Instead of in money, I write out checks. But, Daddy, they'll put you in jail. Why, you can't write checks without a checking account at the bank. So, who ain't got a checking account? I started one up today. Oh, how nice. Yeah, with the 20 bucks. Look, here's my checkbook. It costs 10 checks for a dollar. Well, that's... Find the big bills, right? We pay all the bills this way from now on. It's classier. Look at the checks, Dumplin. See, there's the name of the president of the bank on them. There's the vice president, and there's the treasurer of the bank. All these big shots got their names on these checks. Well? They still ain't no good until I sign them. <laughs> well, suppose you start signing a few and pay some of these bills. Okay, Dumplin. You furnish the bills, I furnish the checks. We, uh... Wait a minute. What's this? Twelve ninety-eight for a cedar chest. What do we need that for? It's for moths. Moths? 
Bad enough I'm feeding them. I don't have to house them. It's to keep moths away, Dad. Moth balls were good enough for my father's moths. They're good enough for us. Too much waste. Look, 98 cents. What's this for? I bought a soap dish. A soap dish? Since when do we eat soap? Daddy. Oh, oh, I, I see what you mean. Anyway, there's too many bills. Oh, take it easy, Ryan. It's got to stop. You don't see me running up a lot of bills. Some life I'm leading. I work hard all day, sign checks all night. Oh, hi, you pop. Oh, Junior, here's my new checkbook. Swell, let's see if it works. Can I have $7? What? $7? Do you think I made the money? Oh, I need the $7. Bad, awful bad. Junior, you ain't secretly married. Of course not, Pop, but I gotta take ice skating lessons. Skating lessons? I bring my family to sunny California where there's never no ice. Except maybe in the orange orchards. And my boy wants skating lessons. Oh, there's ice in the ice palace ring. Well, then go slide on it. You don't need no sliding lessons, do you? Oh, Pop, all the gang is learning fancy skating. And Marilyn Morris is taking lessons. Oh, yes, Daddy. And if Junior can't skate, he'll lose his best girl, won't you, Junior? Ah, pipe down, Babs, or I'll mention a few things about your private life. Oh, how's about it, Pop? Oh, Riley, don't you see? Junior's got a big romantic problem. Hey, I didn't marry you on skates. If Junior can't catch his girl on dry land, how can he catch her on ice? Oh, Papa, I gotta take lessons. Well, then give up this Marilyn Morris and go around with Sonia Henny. <laughs> No seven dollars. Now, go on. Do your homework. Go ahead. Uh, I can't ever have nothing around here. No wonder some kids run away. Their fathers don't give them a break. I bet some people would be sorry if I ran away. Now, go ahead. Run away. Go to the North Pole. There's free ice up there. Riley, he might think you meant that. Uh, don't worry. Junior's too smart to leave an easy mark like me. Oh, so now you're an easy mark. Well, I work hard all day earning money, and what happens? My family flitters it away. You don't see me spending my hard-earned money unless it's for something useful. Oh, I'll get that. Yeah? I've got a COD package here. More bills. Take it back to the post office. Uh-uh-uh. I can't. I simply can't. The postmaster general in Washington has his little heart set on getting rid of it. I ain't accepting it. This may force the postmaster general to resign. He's losing face. Well, I can't help that. I ain't taking that COD bundle. I'm sick and tired of people buying stuff that's no use to anybody. Incidentally, it wouldn't hurt you to lose face. You don't have a... What did you say? I said you owe $5 on this package. See? Chester A. Riley. Personal. Oh, then you ordered it, Riley. I thought you never bought anything. Well, I don't know what it is, but if I bought it, it's worth the money. Daddy... You're buying a package and you don't know what's in it? Well, I forget, but if I ordered it, it's something we need. Now, Dumplin', let me five bucks. I gotta see what's in this bundle, huh? Oh, all right. But it better be good. Here you are, mister. Five whole dollars. Why, this is a red letter day for the post office. Thank you and happy zone number. <laughs> I like our regular mailman better. Now, we'll see what this is. Oh, there's a letter there, too. Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, dear Mr. Riley, congratulations on this wise investment. You are on your way to easy living. Just let Queenie and her little friends work for you. Yours truly, Apex Apiary. 
Daddy, there's something alive in this package. It's from an apiary. I don't remember buying no ape. <laughs> well, who's Queenie? I don't know, but I'm on my way to easy living. I read an ad like that, but it was four months ago. Well, I'll soon see. Yeah. Daddy, it's a whole herd of bees. Bees? Bees? Yes, bees. Bees? Well, a fine thing. I can't charge things. Babs can't have a hat. Junior can't go skating. But you go around buying bees. Bees? Who needs bees except other bees? <laughs> I'm just out strolling. I got drove out of my home. My wife and daughter always nagging me on account I wouldn't give Junior a water dough. Well, for once, Riley, I got to go along with the weaker sex. Oh, you mean I was wrong? Sure you're wrong. Riley, you're what they call uh, frustrating the boy. Who, me? Yeah, you. Now, take a man who knows psychology. Me. My egg boy comes at me for dough tonight, too. So I figure he's a sensitive boy. What am I, a heel? I shouldn't give him a little geekers? Well, but probably Egbert wanted it for something useful. My boy wants it for ice skating lessons. That's what Egbert wanted, skating lessons. And you gave it to him? Why, certainly. Who am I to deny him his chance for a little pleasure? The happy, carefree days of youth don't last forever. Uh, you're right. Sooner or later, he's got to get married. <laughs> So you, you think I should have given Junior skating lessons, too? Well, no, no. With your Junior, is different. He ain't got no chance with this rich little girl, this uh, Marilyn Morris. Oh, he ain't? Oh, no, no. She's nuts about my egg bite. And her old man is just loaded with moolah. See, um, I figure egg bite will marry her and get a big job, and then uh, I can take life easy back in Brooklyn. Hey? Eh? Psychology. <laughs> Gillis, <clears throat> I uh, I know your boy Egbert, and I've talked to him. All I can say is, by the time your boy gets a big job, there won't be any Brooklyn. Oh yeah, yeah. And my juniors take his skating lessons, whether he likes it or not. I can be just as psychopathic as you are. <laughs> I come back to Babs. Yoo-hoo. Hey, Junior, yoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo. That's my echo. I'm losing weight. It's me, Mr. Riley, Waldo Benny. Oh, oh, my, my pal Waldo. Oh, I hope you don't mind my making myself at home. No, of course not, Waldo, but where's my family? Uh, Mrs. Riley's at Red Cross. Uh, Babs is at the movies. Gosh, you, you must have been lonesome while. Oh, huh? yes, but it was even lonelier for me in my house. My wife was home. <laughs> Say, uh, <clears throat> where's Junior? I think he's in bed. Uh, he had a long talk with his sweetheart over the phone, and th that's the last I heard of him. Uh, well, what did he say to her? Oh, Mr. Riley, a conversation between lovers is sacred. 
outside, you had the door shut. Waldo, I was kind of mean to Junior tonight, and I want to make it up to him. I'm going to go in there and give him the money he wanted. He's going to take skating lessons, and you can tell Gillis I said when it comes to fathers, Junior is just as sensitive as Egbert. And, Waldo, you're coming to the wedding. I don't follow you, uh, Mr. Riley. Is Junior marrying Egbert? Guess the kid's asleep. Come on, I'm going to slip the dough in his hand. Seven bucks. Seven dollars to get married on? This is baffling, Mr. Riley. Here's the door to his room. Quiet now. My, that boy snores loud. Oh, that, that ain't Junior. Those are my bees snoring. Bees? Yeah, I keep them in Junior's room. Ah, look at that, Waldo. The little angel is sound asleep. Don't he look innocent? Well, frankly, Mr. Riley, to me, he looks lumpy. Lumpy? Yeah. You ain't got a father's feelings, Waldo. Only an innocent boy could sleep like that. I'll tiptoe over and slip him the money. Put it right in his hand. Uh, What's wrong, I Mr. Riley? Can't find his hand. He, he ain't got no hand. He ain't got no face, neither. Waldo! What now? Waldo, Junior ain't Junior at all. Junior's a pillow. Oh, my, the old trick. But, but if he ain't here, where is he? Look at that open window. That's how he got out. Out? Yes, sir. He's run away, Mr. Riley. Run away? No. No, he, he mustn't. i got to get him back. His mother will never forgive me. Why, she... She loved that boy like her own son. <laughs> yes, officer. That's right. He weighs about 110 pounds. And he was wearing brown corduroy pants and a gray sweater. What? Oh, oh he looks like me. Me? I look like him. Uh, brown hair. Yeah, he needed a haircut and, and one tooth missing in front. What? Uh, how tall? Oh, Waldo, how tall is Junior? He's as tall as I am. Officer, he's well over four feet. <laughs> yeah, call me back as soon as you find him. Goodbye. Waldo. Waldo, I'm going nuts. I can't stand it. No, no, no. Relax, Mr. Riley. Relax. Why don't those cops call back with some news? I pay taxes, don't now, I? Now, now, there's absolutely nothing to worry about. Shall I call the hospitals? <laughs> Waldo, if anything happens to that boy, I'll never forgive myself. Where could he have gone? Maybe he joined the Foreign Legion. No, no, that's silly. They ain't got no branch in Los Angeles. <laughs> Hello, Daddy. Oh. Hello, Mr. Benny. Why, why, Daddy, what's wrong? Dad, something awful's happened. Junior's run away. Oh, Daddy, where did he go? How do I know? Well, didn't he leave a note? By jingle, Mr. Riley. That's an idea. I'll go and look in his room for clues. My own boy, gone. Seems like yesterday he was here at home with us, his little feet puttering around the floors. It wasn't yesterday. It was tonight. For 13 years I'd been like a father to that boy. Walking the floor with him, teaching him to grow up a good citizen with something more in his head besides brains. (laughs) Who took him to school that first day? Me. Who did his homework for him? Me. Who forgave him when he flunked? Me. And who wouldn't let him take skating lessons? You. You think he'd run off on account of me? Yes, I do. And that's what Mother will say, too. She'll be terribly worried when she finds out. It's all your fault. You should have been a little more generous. Who ain't generous? Ain't I always making sacrifices for this family? 
Didn't I give up cigarette smoking recently when I still had one left? <laughs> well, you were awfully rough on him tonight. Babs, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, that's the police. Hello? Hello, this is me. Is this you? <laughs> what? Who? Babs? Oh, hello, Babs. Listen, Babs. What? Wait a minute. You ain't Babs. She's right here. Daddy, it's somebody calling me. Oh, oh well, well, we'll make this short. we got to keep that line open. Hello? Oh, Alice. That was my father. Well, he's kind of excited. My brother ran away from home. Mr. Riley, I found a clue. Two clues. Look, this paper was in the wastebasket. And this bus schedule. Well, it was my father's fault. Babs, cut that out. Hang up. Let's see that paper, Waldo. It says here, the North Star. And then it says, ask about getting to be an Eskimo. Eskimo? No, Alice, we don't know where he went. Waldo. Waldo, we do now. He's joined the Eskimos. Waldo, he'll freeze to death. He ain't wearing his long underwear. No, no, that's silly. He wouldn't go up there. The bus schedule is northbound, see? Yeah, northbound. Come on, Waldo, down to the bus depot. The next bus on this line leaves in four minutes. We'll head Junior off. Well, if you ask me, he's gone to Alaska to seek gold. I ain't asking you. Well, I know, but he'll come home with a poke full of gold dust, a full beard, and an Eskimo wife. Waldo, will you stop with that Eskimo talk? Them Eskimo pies you've been eating have gone to your head. Now, come on. While Junior is heading for Alaska or some other port of missing men, Riley is heading for a lot more grief, as you'll hear in a moment. Meanwhile, this is Ken Niles on the subject of meat. You know, if a pig could grow four hams these days instead of the normal two and other cuts in proportion, we'd be finding bacon, pork chops, and loin roasts at our meat stores. For that's just about the relative difference between our war pork needs and our war pork supply. And here's why. After government war requirements of pork have been supplied by the meatpacking industry, the total allocated for civilians during the first three months of this year is about one-half less than it was for the same period a year ago. But we have the joy of knowing that our fighters are getting the pork they want. The lean of pork is rich in thiamine and other B vitamins and contains complete, highest-quality proteins. And the fat of pork is one of our best energy foods. Remember, any cut of pork you can get at your meat store contains these same nutritional essentials. All meat, regardless of cut or kind, is a yardstick of protein foods because meat measures up to every protein need. And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. We find Riley now racing down the street with a mysterious note in one hand and a bus schedule in the other in pursuit of his runaway son. Riley has long ago outdistanced little Waldo Benny, who has returned to the Riley house, leaving our hero desperate and alone. Taxi! Taxi! Uh, why couldn't Junior run away in Brooklyn? Or at least they got subways. Taxi! Uh, that's a funny-looking cab. Digby O'Dell, Undertaker. Oh! Oh, hello, Digger. Greetings, Riley. You're looking fine. Very natural. Listen, Digger. If I don't get to the bus depot right away, I'll die. In that case, my car is at your disposal. <laughs> get in. Okay, but I want to ride in front. <laughs> now tell me, Riley, what's your problem? Just give me the cold facts. Huh. 
My boy Junior's run away, and I'm trying to find him. I shall help you, Riley. As they say in my profession, we will leave no stone unturned. <laughs> I gotta get to the bus station in four minutes from two minutes ago. Impossible, Riley. This vehicle is built for dignity, not speed. I have a motto. What's your hurry, friend? You'll get there in the end. <laughs> but my boy's catching a bus. How I do you know? Well, he left this bus timetable. See? It's northbound. Ah, timetables. Arrivals, departures. People coming, people going. I adore travel. It's so gay. <laughs> Digger. While we're gabbing here, I'm missing the bus. Be of good cheer, Riley. Junior also missed the bus by six months. What do you mean? This bus line stopped running last year. I remember the day it expired. I remember the day it expired. But, but if he didn't take this bus, where did he go to? I've got to find him. If you want my advice, cherchez la femme. Uh, that's French. Yeah, I know. Find the footprints. <laughs> No, no, it means look for the woman. Woman, huh? Say, Junior runs with a woman named Marilyn, Marilyn Morris, a 12-year-old woman. She might know where he is at that. Mark my words, Riley. She can tell much if she will. I'll go right home and phone her. Thanks, Digger. You're a lifesaver. Uh, not exactly. <laughs> Farewell, Riley, and keep a stiff upper lip. Marilyn's phone is ringing, Waldo. Watch now. I'm going to worm the truth out of her. Mr. Riley, this guy's your voice. Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, hello? Uh, this is Hobart Morris speaking. Oh, it's her old man. What'll I do now? Uh, well, I've heard when a man answers, you hang up. I can't. i got to find my junior. Um, hello? Uh, hello? Uh, hello? Uh, who is this? Uh, it's, uh, it's little Jimmy. Uh, this must be for you, Marilyn. Do you know uh, little Jimmy? He sounds half-witted. Uh, hello? Hello? Uh, is Junior Riley at your house? Who's this? Well, I'm a little boy that knows Junior. I hear Junior's running away. Do you know where he's running to? Well, I might. Well, where? Junior's father wants to see him. Where? Where? Wouldn't you just like to know? Well, frankly, yes. <laughs> well, I'm not telling. His father might find out. But listen... I've heard enough. Goodbye, Mr. Riley. <laughs> she recognized me. I should have changed my clothes, too. <laughs> Listen, Marilyn, I... Why, it's little Jimmy. Oh, cut it out, Marilyn. Listen, you got to tell me where Junior's run off to. I, I, I want him back. Sit down, Mr. Riley. I might tell you what you want to know. Okay. Where is he? Not so fast, Mr. Riley. There are certain conditions. Now, listen, Marilyn. You've got no right to hide a son away from his father. You forget, Mr. Riley. You may be his father, but I am his fiancé. <laughs> yeah, his fiancé. But seeing as you're only 12 years old... Twelve and a half. And as Junior's future wife, I have a right to manage his affairs. <laughs> Couldn't you let him live home with us until he's ready to get married? 
Not unless his home life is greatly improved. Okay, okay, I'll move out. I'll, I'll do anything. Where is he? You realize that you've been very cruel to Junior, and of course you must be punished. Yeah, yeah I've been a beast. Punish me and let's get the boy home. What do I have to do? Well, first, what time is Junior supposed to go to bed every night? Nine o'clock, except Saturday. That's 9.30. Ridiculous in this day and age. Hereafter, we're demanding a 10 o'clock bedtime. Okay, 10 o'clock, 11. Let him stay up all night as long as I get him back. And uh, how much allowance does Junior get a week? 50 cents. Hereafter, he will want 60 cents. All right, I'll give him my pay envelope. Let him give me 60 cents a week. Where is he? One more thing. More? Mr. Riley, it isn't nice to shout at your future daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law? You sound more like a mother-in-law. Good night, Mr. No. Riley. No, wait a minute. I'll do it. I'll do anything. Well, um, about those skating lessons. Okay, okay. He goes ice skating. I'll even follow him around the rink with a pillow. <laughs> now tell me, where is he? Please, if his poor mother finds out he's missing, she'll... Well... I'll take that. Hello? Oh, hello, Pop. Listen, come on right away. The bees got loose and they're all over the house. Don't bother me with bees at a time like this. I'm trying to find Junior. Goodbye. Now, come on, Marilyn. Tell me, where is he? Who was that on the phone? Oh, that was only Junior. Never mind him. you got to tell me where John... <laughs> Junior! That was Junior. He's home. Why, yes, I was just going to tell he you. He came back. Well, not exactly. You see, he never ran away. He <laughs> never ran away? Can't I depend on that boy for anything? <laughs> Put that note in his room about the North Star and Eskimos. Well, the North Star stands for the North Star Ice Rink. And the Eskimos are the Eskimo Skating Club. And why did he put those pillows in his bed? Oh, all the kids do that in case they stay out late. And all this time I've been chasing a wild goose. Oh, that junior. Now, Mr. Riley, you're not going to punish him, are you? Am I? I'm going to take that kid... Uh... No, Marilyn. I ain't going to punish him. If he's going to marry you, that'll be punishment enough. <laughs> Here is a digest of an official statement on today's food situation which the American Meat Institute brings you at the request of our government. Right at this moment, the civilian stocks of many foods are at the lowest point since the war began. What has happened? Well, we have more than 7 million troops overseas and more going every week. In a general way, we can say that every fighter must have 6 pounds of food a day. He needs meat. He needs butter and other dairy products. He needs sugar. He needs more of all these foods than he did as a civilian, and he gets more of them. Multiply one man's need by millions, and you'll see where much of our food is going. Now, how about supply? Take meat, for instance. The meatpacking industry is now furnishing the government with a higher percentage of the available meat supply than at any time during the war. Much the same situation applies to canned foods, butter, and sugar. How are we going to meet these shortages? Well, the government puts ration points on scarce foods and raises the ration points on still scarcer foods from time to time. Your government asks your support by cooperating with your dealer and paying ration points in full and paying no more than ceiling prices. 
and by buying low-point and no-point foods whenever possible. All nutritional statements made about meat on this program are accepted by the Council on Foods and Nutrition of the American Medical Association. was the last of them. Oh, thank oh, heaven. Oh, what a day. First junior, then that Marilyn, and now those bees. Uh, it's all over. I'm going to relapse now. No, it's not all over. There's still a whole box full of bees in the backyard, right outside that window. Now you get rid of them. Oh, now don't you worry. That's a cinch. I'm going to use psychology. Now watch. First, I open the window like this. There. Now, it's a well-known fact that bees always fly away to the flowers. So I lean out, open the box like this. Oh, Riley, what are you doing? Hey, no. Oh, oh Riley. Oh, look what you've done. Oh, bees all over the living room again. Well, how should I know they'd go for the flowers on the wallpaper? <laughs> Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley and presented by the American Meat Institute next week at this same time. Next week, Riley tries what every father has tried at one time or another to get closer to his son with hilarious results. William Bendix appears as Riley by arrangement with Hal Roach. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow, Digger O'Dell, the Merry Undertaker is John Brown, Junior is Conrad Binion, Waldo Benny is Dink Trout, Babs is Sharon Douglas, and Marilyn Morris is Rhoda Williams. The Life of Riley was directed by Don Bernard with music by Lou Kozloff and came to you from Hollywood. This is Ken Nile saying, see you next week. This is the Blue Network of the American Broadcasting Company.